0: Hi, everyone, and welcome to this edition of Turnbuckle Trash. Today, a two-part talk with Zane Peterson as we talk about the state of professional wrestling today. And in between, while Chris on the mat, as Chris Evans joins us from North Carolina, we'll talk about the three things that each of us would change in the WWE. Welcome to another edition of Turnbuckle Trash.
1: This is TurnbuckleTrash.net pro wrestling from a
0: fan's perspective I love video games and pro wrestling with three fans who know how to talk some trash none of these cross-eyed mouth breathers deserve to hear this voice I guess it's time to take out the trash hi everyone it is term buckle trash another edition. I guess we could call this the pandemic of uh, turnbuckle trash because we are still doing this junk that uh, we've been dealing with since March. But I want to welcome on the podcast, once again, my good friend, my colleague. uh, This is Zane Peterson. Zane, old Mac, how you doing, my friend?
1: So would you say that I'm the assistant to the host of the podcast or I'm the assistant podcast host?
0: Well, you're just an ass. No, you're just... I was only serious. You are my co host. <laughs> I'm going to get in trouble for that one, aren't I? <laughs>
1: oh, boy. Uh, you know, Dave, it's um, times like this where we might need a good laugh. I you think know? we do boy, need Dave. a good laugh. <laughs> the world is in turmoil and. People are rioting, and
2: viruses are killing
1: people left and right, and everybody's dying, and nobody can watch wrestling. And ah, the world is coming to an end.
0: Hey, speaking of wrestling, we would like to thank our good friend Tombstone Jesus for providing the music for our very new intro that just was produced this week. And uh, Tombstone and his band uh, used one of the cuts with their permission off their album. And uh, thank you very much, Tombstone uh, mountain metal is what he calls it it's kind of like uh, Megadeth meets Leonard Skynyrd I think is what he told me one time yeah. good stuff too huh?
1: Oh, he's funny isn't he
0: I love Tombstone
1: he's, you know he is such a nice guy He's messaged me one time I posted something on Facebook and he private messaged me and he and I messaged back and forth for like almost an hour um, just about this topic and uh-huh. what a I mean, what a rock star. Yeah. Literally and metaphorically.
0: And his wife, yeah. Kelly, is an absolutely wonderful lady. If you go to the show, she's there uh, doing the merchandise. And the thing I like about it, he calls her his queen. Isn't that great? The queen. Uh-huh. That's Love awesome. it. Love it. Love it. So, Tombstone, thanks a lot. Hope to see you again. And by the way, DCW, De- Devotion Championship Wrestling, is going to attempt to do a a television taping for the 13th of June in Salt Lake City. And if you would like to attend that, contact them through their Facebook page, or you can contact us and I'll get you in touch with them if you'd like to try to attend. Of course, they've got to do all the jumping through all the hoops and all the, you know, the little things they got to do, social distancing and all that. They are going to attempt that on the 13th, but... With the way things have been going, uh, with the record high uh, test being uh, every day, basically in Utah and especially northern Utah, uh, I wish them the best. I sure hope they can do that.
1: I hope so too. You know, and and, um, that's kind of a double edged sword, isn't it? We want to see things get back to the quote, the way they were. And yet we want to be respectful and thoughtful towards people who are. Sick or could get sick, so it's a that's a tough situation. The whole entire world, I guess you could say, is in right now.
0: Yeah, it is, and I think that was uh, a wonderful way to put it—a double-edged sword. You want to be respectful of of everybody out there. Uh, you know, it's it's just tough on everybody. I you know I don't have the answers. I don't think you have the answers. Uh, who does? Except for the man upstairs, and we're trying to do our best. I'm I haven't been mm-hmm. out of the house since Monday, I don't think. I think I went to my mother-in-law's. Yeah, I went to her this afternoon just down the street from me for a little bit, but that's it since my surgery on Monday and uh you okay. know, I'm just trying to keep my distance. I want to stay healthy and I don't want anybody to get sick if I happen to have it. So,
1: yeah, absolutely. Um so there's been quite a some interesting things going on in the world of professional wrestling, you know. Tell me what you think about – I can't figure it out, Dave. I just can't – maybe I'm just not – maybe I'm not willing enough, but I can't really get into the no crowd thing. It kind of just bugs me for some reason to see them filming with no crowd, like the WrestleMania with no crowd. I mean they had good matches, and, and it was still great fun, but I just can't get into it.
0: Well, it makes it a lot harder, and I've been reading some stuff online. You know, when you read it on the Internet, it's got to be a truth, bonjour, of course. But AEW was the first major organization to have a small crowd. Now, what they did is they tested uh, talent and front office personnel, and they tested them before the show, fevers, all the tests, made sure they were healthy, and they spread them out and they – put them there so you could have a little bit of crowd interaction, nothing as big as, you know, a WrestleMania crowd. And then uh, a couple of weeks ago, the WWE started uh, experimenting with bringing in some of the performance center. uh, Don't call them superstars as we found out from Kevin Dunn today. I'll tell you more about that. But uh, the performance center uh, attendees were actually brought in and they put up like hockey penalty boxes, glass boxes that these people had to stay in to give them a little bit of a uh, a little bit of a crowd noise, and it has improved the product some. And then on the last pay-per-view for AEW, uh, they had uh, probably about twice as many in that stadium because they started letting office personnel. So they went from about 50 people attending to about 150 to 200 people, including one Vicky Guerrero. Uh, Who has now been appearing at the last couple of of audience participations for AEW? So it's getting there. I just don't know when we're going to get back to regular crowds. I just don't know.
1: That's awesome, dude. I'm glad to see at least a few people getting getting back to things. Um, So so there's been quite a stir as well um, with with along, amongst all this, a lot of talent got released. A lot of changes in the wwe um uh, what do you think about some of those things
0: well you know i think it was probably um chris and i discussed this quite quite a bit in the last podcast but i think getting your uh, your opinion on it's very important at this at this point with uh, everything that's been going on and we all know the world is in an upheaval right now and things just aren't good And then you compile that with what happened with the XFL. Even though Vince McMahon said that he was using his own money with the XFL, they lost a mint. And I'm thinking that some of the releases were probably a part of that. Uh, And then a part of it, they actually moved into a storyline with drake maverick the old rock star spud i don't know if you followed that or not over the last couple of weeks
1: i haven't been following it to be honest with you
0: okay on nxt uh they were getting ready to do a cruiserweight tournament and they were you know of course they had pre-recorded some of it already at least one week and that's when they came out with all the uh the cuts on that black wednesday as they were calling it And uh, Drake Maverick, Rockstar Spud, if you want to call him that from Impact Days, uh, he was one of those people released. He got his future endeavors. Well, since I think they had already recorded the first one and he had gone on and made a very poignant YouTube video or Instagram video talking about how uh, being a wrestler was uh, something he just cherished in life and he wanted to continue doing it. And it really was. It was heart-wrenching. Uh, they decided to go ahead and use him during this tournament. And uh, they let him win his first week match. No, he lost his first week, and he won the second week in a round-robin tournament. And then I guess the, the you know, how things go viral and how they just kind of grow from a groundswell, the fans were getting behind Drake Maverick and wanting him to keep his job. So they worked it into storyline he actually lost the title to Phantasma, a mass wrestler from uh, Mexico. And as he was walking off the stage, you know, with the tears in his eyes, crying and all that, here comes Hunter, triple, triple H, with a contract and offering him a contract there on the spot. Now, whether he knew about it beforehand and all that, but it was still, it was a very touching moment, uh, uh, you know, and that's what storyline is you take something and you make the best of it and give the give the wwe credit they saw something they could build on and get people behind and right now that is one drake maverick I, i'm kind of pleased with it
1: that's cool you posted a thing on your facebook page or i think you posted it on the turnbuckle trash facebook page uh bobby lashley still wants his match with rock lesnar how did you find out this information, or what did what did it say in the article?
0: Well, the article was posted today, and I it's on my uh, on my phone. It's something called Russell News, and I think it was from Russell Talk. I'm not exactly sure where the, what the uh, source is uh, without having it in front of me. But the article basically said that Bobby Lashley thought that the fans would still like to see a Bobby Lashley and Brock Lesnar feud, a program with the two of them. And I'm sitting there saying, well, Zane and I were talking about this as soon as Bobby came out. I mean, he was going, yeah. they made, made him into this character he was supposed to be all good and good and good. And remember that part where he was talking about it and said, I want to talk to my sisters. I love you. Mm-hmm. I love you. Well, that's not wrestling. <laughs> Come on. I want to go beat somebody up. That's what I want to do. And I think if they still could work on that, I would absolutely love it.
1: Yeah, I would too. I would too. Gosh. You know, um, this could be an interesting rest of the year to finish. You know, WWE has, if if things get going back to normal and things like that, boy, they could have a really supercharged fan base, ready for some, some quality matches, you know. And, and this could also have been good for some of the performers and stuff too, to ease up that road schedule, get some people healed up and get them ready to come out either this fall or, or early next year or something to some serious, serious, and let's hope the WWE doesn't ruin this opportunity, of, of getting some people back to work and getting some storylines back to work.
0: <laughs> well, that would be unusual for the WWE. I've never, you know, I don't know what goes on behind the scenes. You and I have talked about this. Sometimes they'll take these storylines that are absolutely asinine and run them to the ground, and then they have a good storyline, and they'll just end it because they don't think it's working. I, I, then I'm going to ask you this about one Bobby Lashley. I know you haven't been watching wrestling as much, but you've been following it a little bit uh, with mm-hmm. the highlights and more. What do you think about what they're doing with Bobby Lashley, Lana, and one MVP right now?
1: I, I honestly I haven't liked any of the Bobby Lashley Lana angles. I just I I don't. I just didn't care for it. I I I don't know. I well, haven't liked. They're any
0: they're of working it. an angle right now with uh with MVP kind of coming in between Bobby and Lana. And MVP mm-hmm. wanting to kind of micromanage the whole situation with Bobby Lashley and Lashley is now more the character that you and I were wanting him to be when he came back to the WWE, being this incredible physical specimen who can go. I mean, this man knows what he's doing in the ring, and he is just beating people up, but that is with MVP driving a wedge in between Lana and Bobby Lashley. Now, Lashley on next Sunday's pay-per-view backlash is finally getting his uh, title, uh, chance against Drew McIntyre. By the way, they have recorded Backlash today, and so I'm sure there's going to be some idiots trying to put out spoilers. And I'm not going to deal with spoilers here because I haven't seen any. I don't read them. Okay, if if it says something about Backlash next Sunday, all I know is that they've recorded it today. Okay. But I kind of like this angle with Bobby being this really bad attitude wrestler, kicking people and kicking them like he probably should have been doing for the last several years in the WWE. And then this terrible angle with Lana and Bobby being married, which I wish they would dump pretty quick. And maybe this is what they're trying to get to, trying to to split off Lana, maybe bringing Rusev back because he was one of those fired recently, so who knows, you know, but I do like this storyline with Bobby Lashley right now.
1: Well, but, you know, that was one of the names that I was surprised when they released. You know, I was like, why in did they release him? You know, Rusev, well, Rusev, why? I mean, he's so good, dude.
0: Yeah, he's good. But then again, do they ever really not just make head-scratching decisions?
1: Well, you know, and like you said, I would have speculated a lot of that was, you know, for fear of the stock market crash and getting some, some revenue coming in. and as soon as the stock market comes, you know as soon as their stock starts picking back up and then people start getting back to work and stuff, they'll come back, they'll get back to work, they'll hire so. them back, because you, you can't I mean, I, I, that's, that's a hard thing too. I see both sides, because you can't have a bunch of wrestlers sitting around in the rock locker room getting paid while there's no wrestling going on Um, but you feel for them because now they're essentially out of work and we just hope that some of the people that got released will either end up at a good place for a while or that they had enough money stashed away that they'll make it through this okay or I don't know we'll see what happens we'll see what the future brings you're the one with the crystal ball I always ask you to look into your crystal ball find that sucker is it there somewhere
0: uh, I think I stored it away, uh, and it's uh, piled up with all the stuff it. that's going to it the around it. Let me run it around. And just, can you run it
1: around? There it is. Is that <laughs> there?
0: You got one now?
1: <laughs> uh, I don't have one now. If, yeah, I have, I'll have. find mine, and you okay, can look yeah, Okay, I'll mine go no look quick. for
0: mine. Hey, uh, i got to tell you this. Something I read today that just absolutely floored me, but I also found it very humorous. Zach Ryder, you know, he was one of those released. And his wife is Chelsea Green, if you know who she is. She's actually being called up from NXT to the main roster. And while they were sitting at their pool in Florida, Chelsea gets a telephone call from the WWE. Now remember, Zack has been fired and has no source of income at this time. So the person from the WWE asked Chelsea if it's okay if they send a crew over to their house to film a segment with Otis and Mandy Rose. The segment was not filmed at the house. Zach Ryder expressed uh, he was very angry that he wasn't good enough to wrestle, but his house was good enough to use his backdrop.
1: Hmm. Interesting. Uh-huh. Do you think it's a work or do you think it's... Legit.
0: I think that one was legit. I mean, uh, from what I have read recently, and I've been reading uh, the two books by Jim Ross, uh, the Under the Black Hat and My Life in Wrestling. And since my surgery, I haven't read anything in Under the Black Hat, but I'm very close to uh, being through with that book. It seems to me that um, the WWE is not afraid to ask anybody anything. Even they have treated them horribly, horribly bad. And, you know, I don't know what it is, why people keep on going back uh, to Vince McMahon except for money after he treats them the way they do. I mean, I'm going to have to get this book out sometime and and, and send you portions of it. You will be absolutely floored at how poorly uh, that they treated uh, Jim Ross in the past and also – Poorly, They treated Vince Russo in the past, and if you want to get down to it, I've listened to some podcast with uh, James E. Cornett, and they treated a lot of people very poorly, but I guess money talks enough that uh, they have a good enough relationship with uh, Vincent Kennedy McMahon that they feel like, okay, I can go back for a year or two and then get crapped on again, and that's what happens all the time.
1: It sure is, and I guess it's—I don't know, man—cash, money, money you know, talks. You gotta, you gotta make that money, man. Uh-huh. You gotta make that money. And, you and, know, and then, I then mean,
0: I'm gonna—I'm gonna—I I'm, want to interrupt you too. But he's also done some sure. very nice things. I mean, I don't want to make Vince McMahon look out to be a complete, total idiot jerk. He has helped out wrestlers when they've—they've they've had uh, problems with uh, drugs and alcohol. He's paid for all their uh, uh, rehab and things like that and helped out when people have had tragedies in their lives. So, you know, take the good with the bad. But to me, I wouldn't put up with this crap myself. (laughs) He pulled that one on me one time and that would be it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and it's funny how all these people always come back, huh? Uh Uh-huh. I mean, like, you never thought in your your life that Bret Hart would ever be caught in the WWE setting again. (laughs) Uh. and. Sure enough, he was back. He came back. Get abducted in the Hall of Fame, you know.
0: But you know what I would do? Yeah. I would take that money if I was going to take it. I would just take every penny I could from him, knowing that it was going mm-hmm. to happen, and then give him the one-fingered salute as I was walking out the door, you know.
1: Yeah. Honestly. Yep, exactly. When that when that contract is up and you got that money, it's just like thanks, Dickhead. Mm-hmm. We'll see you later.
0: Uh huh.
1: But yeah, there's lots of lots of interesting things happening right now. Um, You know, like you said with the Bobby Lashley stuff, stuff behind the scenes, Um, you know, several pay-per-views coming up, lots of local stuff going on. So, um, oh, and, you know, and I don't know if you you and Chris talked about Becky Lynch being out for a while now. Yeah, right. um, But what do you, what are, what is Dave's thoughts an opinion on the future what do you see um do you see things getting back to normal in wrestling do you see things uh you know staying as they are uh, what do you and and how do some of these smaller companies hang on through this
0: that's the important thing um you remember right when uh, the the um the stuff was happening with the uh the covid-19 and all the pandemic scare was going on. And we actually had the MK Bandit on with us and uh, an, an incredibly interesting interview with him. And we talked about how the smaller companies and the independents were going to try to survive. And some of them will not. Just flat out, they will not. They're trying. They might come back in a different form. But there are going to be independents that just will have to hang it up. That's just the reality of life. The big guys are trying to adapt enough to keep a product that is viable to advertisers. And we've talked about this more than once saying we can talk about us being fans and loving to watch wrestling, but why are they in the business of professional wrestling? They are there to make money. They can make money on merchandise sales, they can make money on ticket sales, but the big money is in advertising. So as long as they can mm-hmm. keep the television networks happy uh, with decent ratings, and then when things get back, the fans will come back. They'll be so excited to have uh, uh wrestling back with fans and everything. I think we'll be okay, but this is going to shake out some of the the weak sisters in professional wrestling. And I think, That's kind of a shame, to be honest with you.
1: Yeah, it's, I don't know, you know, it's good and bad, I guess. You know, it's kind of like they, in 2008 when the economy collapsed and all the contractors that went out of business, but the good quality workers and the good quality contractors were the ones that were able to hang on and the ones that were scab happy and stuff. They were the ones that didn't do so well through it. So hopefully, you know, you hear a lot of, stuff about some of these smaller promotions, not treating women very well. And, Mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, we've talked to a lot of people about promotions that don't treat talent very well. And, and so my hope is that those ones that, I mean, karma, Dave, karma, man, it's all about what's in the universe. If, if you treat people with respect and you're decent to people, People are going to be decent to you and to your promotion. If you're a jerk, then people aren't going to come see your product. And and so hopefully some of the good ones will make it through this and, and we'll see what happens on the other side, I guess. That's the only thing we can do is see what happens on the other side of this and we'll have to be patient and wait it out.
0: And that's the the big word right there is patience. I think we're... We all have to exercise patience and good judgment about what we're going to be supporting and what we're not going to be supporting. But I think when you mentioned about how we've discussed in the past how some of these smaller independent promotions and even some of the bigger promotions have not treated their talent well, have not treated women well, and uh, things like that. And I think maybe this is part of the karma that's going to be out there that's going to thin the herd, as they say, and we can get a better product and I, I that's what I hope and pray that we can we can get and after all we are just fans correct
1: yes we are just fans um you know you have a lot more experience in the broadcasting and the things and you see a lot more uh than I would understand in, in the advertising and things like that so you know that's always been a great asset to add to the show
0: We'll have more with Zane coming up in just a few minutes, but up next, we're going to talk about some of the things we would change in the WWE if we had a lot of money and we had the power. It's next on Turnbuckle Trash.
2: It's Chris on the Match. Match. Uh, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm lost the words. The original
0: trash head, Chris Evans.
2: The guy didn't get cracked open, he wasn't really wrestling.
0: Chris, Chris, on the on bat. Bat.
2: you can make people sit their butts in those seats, your box office. This is TurnbuckleTrash.net. You're changing your depends over the diapers.
0: We'll have more of our conversation coming up with Zane Peterson in just a little bit. But right now, as we go to North Carolina, here is Chris on the mat. Chris Evans, how you doing, Chris?
2: Oh, it's a beautiful day here in Winston-Salem. The sun is shining and the rain is gone. But now we're having a little, we're going to have some sunshine on a different topic here. Let's see what we can do different with some of these, uh, with the WWE maybe.
0: Yeah, the last time this- you and I were together, we were talking about maybe three things that if we really had, uh, <laughs> if you and I were in charge, what would we change with the WWE? So let's start with you. Let's talk about one thing that you would change. With the WWE at this time.
2: Well, let's get rid of the PG error and let's go back to the attitude era. Uh Uh-huh. That would be probably the best thing for the WWE right now. Um, I think that they're kind of getting away from it just a little bit with Edge and Randy Orton, but it's just not it's just not the same anymore. It's this let's talk for three and a half hours and maybe one or two wrestling matches. Let's have let's have some attitude. Let's have a another Austin come in, or or bring somebody and groom him to be another Austin to tell the management to kick rocks or something. It's got to be that way. Yeah, that's, that's I, the one thing I would do.
0: Yeah, I think the one person that might be able to pull that off would be Kevin Owens,
2: mm-hmm.
0: uh, and he's done that to a point. But let me ask you about that with the attitude era, because there was one thing about the attitude era that I personally, and that was. The way they treated the women, you know. Okay, they, I agree with that. Yeah, the the I mean, as much as I love Jerry Lawler, when the puppies and all that stuff he was talking about <laughs> and Sable, yeah, it just got so bad and I just mm-hmm. I felt bad for the ladies and and you know, I'm not I'm not one to not turn away and say, mm, that woman is fine looking. Uh, but I just thought it was well, you know, when just what two years ago, you and I and Zane were so mad at the WWE for the way they were having the ladies do one or two minute matches, and they weren't doing much with the women's division. And now, uh, I could see maybe going back a little bit more attitude, mm-hmm. but maybe making sure that the women's wrestling, which I love, uh, is still uh, part of, of what they're doing, and not just sexualizing the whole thing because i just didn't like that part of the attitude era
2: i'll agree with that yes okay. i will agree with what you said on that part yes
0: okay so are you talking about bringing back a little blood and guts or
2: i'm i'm talking about bringing back <clears throat> some good hardcore matches not the the hardcore championship or anything like that i'm just these met the a cage match that's got a little bit of blood to it just a little bit
0: uh-huh
2: or like like dusty road i said a little bit of blood to just a little it. bit of a blood. little bit just a well, little bit well you
0: might have enjoyed the match uh, at uh, nxt takeover in your house on yeah. sunday night with mm-hmm. uh uh with adam cole bye-bye and uh-huh. uh the velveteen dream which they had a, a spot on there where dream uh pushed adam cole into a uh into the the um windshield of a of a car and cut up his arm a little bit mm-hmm. uh, so you know that that little bit I I will agree with you on that one I I think at times you could say that you know during a fight something's going to happen and that you're going to be drawing a little blood but you know the blood bass I think I I think the blood bass are
2: no, yeah I, I'm I'm not, I'm not saying you know the first one to bleed into a bucket the whole bucket wins I mean I'm just saying <laughs> let, let's let let's let's uh, we don't have to have you know the, the the Red Cross doesn't have to come in there and start putting IVs into them to give them blood back. Uh-huh. I'm just saying, bring just a little bit of blood back to this era, and maybe the fans would enjoy it just a little bit more. But that's just me. I mean, I can't help it. Yeah. When you when you watch Memphis wrestling all the time, somebody got cracked open oh. in Memphis wrestling. Oh, somebody. all come
0: the up. time. I'm watching Everybody. some old old episodes every once in a while that on Jerry Lawler's Facebook page or the classic mm-hmm. Memphis page. On Facebook, and I'm going, man, alive! Them people are beating out of each other. So,
2: but you can honestly say because you've been close to Jerry Lawler, doesn't his head look like he went through a cheese grater?
0: Oh yeah, all the old timers do. I mean, they yeah. used to blade a lot. They would get color—that's what the term is—getting color. Yeah, Tommy Wildfire, and you know another thing that if you will watch some of the old time wrestling matches, you know mm-hmm. some from you know the '70s, '80s, even before. A lot yeah. of the wrestlers would tie, dye their hair blonde, not oh, yeah. because it looked good. It was because when they got color, it looked <laughs> awesome. I mean, it looked Oh, aw- yeah. You know, it looked awful. And who,
2: and who was the best when they had their hair bloody? That was the Nature Boy. Nature
0: Boy Rick Flair, yes, sir. When Nature
2: had his head cut open and all of a sudden that blonde hair turned to crimson red. Oh, everybody just... You know, he was a good – I think he was almost the best bleeder in the business, basically, was a oh, nature boy.
0: Yeah, and then Dusty Rhodes, you know, he oh, he Dusty. played pretty good, good too. So, yeah. Yes. And Wildfire Tommy Rich, when he when oh, he got called. Fire. Woof. Yeah. Yeah, that is. Okay, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do the one thing that I would change with the WWE, and we'll just kind of go back and forth here. Mm-hmm. I would get rid of the three-hour RAW program. I mean – It is brutal sometimes trying to watch three hours of that program. And uh, I'm I'm trying to watch Raw right now, and it's not too bad what I've watched so far. But I remember a few weeks ago, um, there was the, I'm trying to remember the situation, but always when Becky Lynch decided that she was going to announce to the world that she's Preggers, and congratulations, Becky and Seth, by the way. But they did that at the very first segment. Then they repeated almost the entire segment like 45 minutes later. Then at the top of the hour, they did it at least four times. Mm -hmm. Rehashing that whole situation in a three-hour program. And I just think that three hours, when you combine that with having to write for NXT and the other things (laughs) that they're doing on the road and then doing the main event... And then doing stuff for the network, and then you got SmackDown. I think it's just too much for the creative yep. staff to really deal with. Yes. Now, yes. the only way I could see that working, the only way I can see a three hour program working, uh-huh. is to tell Vince McMahon to take his dat gum grips off of
2: it. Yes. You he know, needs to. He needs to.
0: I've been reading, you know, I've read a couple of books uh, about professional wrestling over the years, uh, mm-hmm. from The Secrets of Pro Wrestling to the the last two from uh, JR. I've read the book by Stone Cold. I've read Jerry Lawler's book. Yep. I've read mm-hmm. Mick Foley's book. And they all talk about uh, Vince coming in at the last minute and changing the entire program because he didn't like the way it was written or he wanted to change something.
2: Got well, you.
0: that to me, can work, but not a lot. Because if you change things too quick, people are going to forget things, forget what they're supposed to do, forget their angle. And I'll go back to my interview with Vicki Guerrero, and you've listened to that, and you, and you heard this part when I'm talking about, Get where that. she came up with the excuse me line. Mm-hmm. She goes in for a taping of the show, and she's told different ways to do this uh, this promo from the side of the ring when she was in the wheelchair, she was told four or five times because they changed it that many times. Yep. Instead of saying, hey, let's just go with this. And she f- basically forgot her lines. Well, something good came out of it with the excuse me line. So mm-hmm. all I'm saying is, Vince, you need to say sometimes, okay, let's go with it now, but next week, let's change this because I don't like this. And you can change it the next week or make a little tweak the here and there instead of mm-hmm. changing the entire three hour program, which he has done. And there's not one person that, that I've ever read about that says he hasn't done it more than once. So sometimes, Vince, you got to back off, you know, and say it's too close to the show to change things now. Let's roll with it and see if we can get the performers together with one of the writers and kind of tweak it a little bit instead of him having the complete control of every storyline. I just don't think that's a good way to go. I just do not think that's a good way to go.
2: I'll I'll agree with that. I mean, Vince, Vince needs to let go of the reins and let people be themselves when they write this, because I mean, he's got everybody every writer you can think of i mean he's every had everything from days of our lives to general hospital probably come in to write raw and smackdown
0: freddie prince jr uh, was was a writer and a lot of hollywood writers have come in there so
2: oh yeah but no one has really nobody has really grasped wrestling i mean if you want information about wrestling just go to the wrestlers let them do what they want to do let them let them do what they want to do because They've got all these ideas in their head that could be really good for the company. And if it doesn't go through events, then it doesn't mean anything.
0: You know, you make so, a good point. You, you make mm-hmm. a wonderful point there, Chris. And I will agree with you 100% because I think once you have a performer and, and they are invested in the storyline and not every performer is going to be good at this, but so many are going to be good. At saying, you know what, I don't feel comfortable in this direction. Let's, and and working with a writer or working with uh, someone in the company about that storyline, maybe in advance would be a good idea instead of doing this, excuse me, half ass stuff uh, at the last minute. I just, I think that the performers need to be a little bit more involved with what's going on instead of having a one writer or one group of writers deciding everything because they're the ones that have to go out and do
2: that. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you 100% on that. And I believe that if you would let the champion or champions say, look, I would like to do this, this, or this, or have a, a, a coming up superstar. That's getting a lot of fans or he's getting a lot of heat and let him come up to the bench and say, look, let me feed off of this and let me do what I need to do to bring the fans in that want to hate me or love me let me do what i need to do leave me alone and let me do what i do best
0: to a point to a point on that one i will agree with you but Mm -hmm. sometimes you know they're looking at merchandise sales and and uh and all that but you know i think we're in agreement that the performers probably need to have a little bit more say and to take a i like to call Ownership of the storyline. Now, I'm not a That's writer. True. You know, we're not backstage. We don't know all the ins and outs of it. And a lot uh-huh. of these people, the men and ladies, are are hired to perform what uh, the writers say. But I think even in Hollywood, you have actors that will take the the reins by the uh, bull by the horns and say, "You know what? I don't think this character would do that." And I think they need to have a little bit more. Say about what their character would do if they feel comfortable doing it. And then if they screw it up, it's not anybody but theirs' fault. And then you can say to the writers, well, we're going to take this particular performer, Dave Dutton, we're not going to let him make any decisions anymore if they, you know, if they screw it up. So I, I think, I think we're, we're on to something there. So
2: yes, we you... are. Yep, go ahead. Yes, sir.
0: Number two thing you would change about the WWE.
2: Well, we've already talked about it. Get rid of the three-hour program.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so we can just
2: fast forward through the rest of this, right? Let's fast forward the t- let's fast forward the tape real quick. We've already been through this. <laughs> yes, we've already. <laughs> uh, but but my second, I'll do it. My second one would be this: one champion. Let's take the universal title, throw it in the garbage. Mm-hmm. One champion. Make then it- the second, the, the other thing I'd be is let's bring the intercontinental championship prestigious that it had before when you were the intercontinental champion you were the number one contender for the world title Simple as that I kind of like that yes you were and if I was if if I owned the WWE I would say okay since you're the intercontinental champion whoever this guy is gonna be Daniel Bryan or uh, you know AJ I would come up to you and say I'm gonna give you a world title shot But you have to relinquish the Intercontinental title, and then we'll have another tournament for the Intercontinental title, Mm -hmm. and you're the number one contender now for the world title. That Universal title, whatever, Um, it needs to go bye-bye. I think there just needs to be one champion in one brand. He goes to Raw and SmackDown. Simple as that. So that's just me.
0: You know, I'm I'm going to agree with you, but with Uh a caveat. Okay. Okay. I love my caveats. Okay. Here's not caviar. I know. Yeah. Ew. Yes. Uh, You know, I like the idea when you talked about tournaments, Mm -hmm. Uh, and you know, the NWA has done that when they first started off with NWA Power. They Mm -hmm. were having tournaments, and I think that that just makes things so easy to start new feuds or to start a new storyline. Let's go with your 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 idea about having one champion, okay? Mm-hmm. One champion yes. that's over RAW, NXT, and SmackDown. Mm-hmm. So, okay, we're gonna say we're gonna have a tournament for a chance to have a title match with the world champion. Let's just say mm-hmm. it's Brock Lesnar, okay? Just okay. for the yeah. you know, and grins. Mm-hmm. So we have a tournament on Raw. Now, how many people tournament involved? Whatever. There are so many things you could do with that tournament, starting feuds, starting different storylines for the other matches, that I think it would be a great idea. And then you could say that the winner of that tournament might be the, give them a title belt of of this, you know, the the, the one chance tournament title. You know, whatever the name would be. I'm not saying that's even a decent name. I'm saying they would be that particular representative to be able to take on uh, the champion at the time, whoever it would be, for a one shot deal. And then they could have, you know, a couple of months going where they're they're having their feuds. they could have uh, different uh, types of different types of matches, uh, maybe some cage matches, some different type, I mean, instead of just having a match, or they could do another tournament and do the seeding for their next tournament. There's just a million things you could go with this that wouldn't be so confusing. I think that's where the AEW is kind of got it right because they're, they're coming out and saying, this is the number one seed for the tag team tournament for the tag team title right now, and that's best friends. And they're always talking about Who is the number one or number four seed in tag team or a singles title? And I'm not afraid to have other titles. But like you, saying the IC title is automatically the number one contender. And, you know, maybe that would be uh, whoever is the world title holder against the IC title at a pay-per-view. And I don't even say you'd have to give that up. You know, I... That if you won the world title, then you got to have a tournament for the next IC champion. Tournaments, I think, is a great thing. You could do it in tag teams. You could do it. You could even do a uh, a tournament for a jobber title. Okay, let's say uh, you get because he just got fired. uh, No way, Jose. uh, You could put him in there against uh, some some of the other people and have a little tournament, and say this is your challenge title and let's say these these jobbers do their own tournament get a couple of wins get some heat build up and then at the end of that particular tournament they could challenge anybody else on the roster either show and make that a challenge instead of doing this brand swap thing that they've come up recently with and it's always going to be bailey it's always going to be charlotte you know it's always going to be drew you know that's, what, that's where the problem is with that. I would love to see uh, some of the people that are the ones that are getting beat, the enhancement ta- ta- uh, talent, get a little bit more credibility build up. And that's where I have trouble with right now with Apollo Cruz finally getting this U.S. title. You know, he's now the U.S. title holder. But let's say that he had built this up through a tournament to a challenge somebody, and then it would have been Andrade for the U.S. title. I just think there's so many things you can do with a tournament, with a loser leaves town, or a loser goes to SmackDown, the winner goes to Raw, or whatever they come up with. You know, I, I think there's just ways to be creative with tournaments that they haven't even thought about.
2: I'll agree with that 100% you are correct um, but the only the only reason I came up with the idea with the IC is I mean back in the day the person that held the IC title back in the 80s and 90s they were automatically the number one contender no matter what
0: exactly and
2: the, and the greatest the greatest match of all time well not of all time was Hogan versus the ultimate warrior title for title mm-hmm but then, I mean, he didn't hold both of them. He had to relinquish the IC title. Yeah. But that was when that title had prestige to it. But now the intercontinental title really doesn't have anything. It, it's not the biggest title in the world for the WWE right now. It's just a title. It, it's just a title, just like the tag team, like the U.S. championship. It doesn't have no prestige whatsoever. Only the universal title and the world title are the two main ones that that they really focus on and that's what's really killing to me. That's what's killing the fans of the older fans. Yeah. But the younger fans, that's all they care about. Who's going to hold the universal title. I don't care.
0: Well, I'm not saying Yeah. It's not necessarily the, the younger fans. I think that it, it tends, if you don't do things uh, that are creative, Yes, sir. that people tend to say, Oh, here comes another match you know oh yeah, wow who cares true. what are they fighting for they could have you know and it's all storyline okay it, you yeah, know it we all, we all yeah. know that but oh, yeah. do some of those bounty matches do some of the the matches where the loser uh leaves town or has to sit on the sidelines for 3 weeks and can't you know whatever it is hair matches uh yeah. you know or has to has to dress up like a bunny your, rabbit who cares put, do put something your, that makes your, fun her,
2: Put somebody that's been in the the organization for so long. Your career is on the line. Yeah, put your career on the line.
0: Or say so, each person puts up fifteen thousand dollars or fifty thousand yeah. dollars. Here's yes. a one hundred thousand dollar tournament or yes. storyline. And once again, go back to storylines. How about ten people in a tournament? Each one put you know puts in ten thousand dollars storyline, and the winner gets one hundred thousand bucks.
2: Well, I mean, they, they they did that back in the the '90s with, yeah. uh, well, what was that the uh, that was the uh, MMA thing, but that really didn't go over too well.
0: Oh, that uh, uh, that uh, the knockout thing, you know, the, yeah, the world's toughest man, but that yeah, didn't make any it, sense. What were that they didn't fighting make no sense, for? No. Yeah, and that was a, a Vince Russo are, thing, and that didn't make any sense. You know, no, no, uh, but,
2: but there was a lot of there was a lot of wrestlers that, that got hurt in this, and it really didn't make any sense. You were bringing in. The the one person that that had legit the, the the best shot of it was Doctor Death, Steve Williams. And then he tore back the, in the day. Yeah, and tore that muscle. They, and they wanted to do this when I heard from Jim Cornette and Vince Russo, is they were building up Doctor Death to win this tournament, and then he was going to have a feud with Stone Cold Steve Austin for the world title. Uh huh. But Doctor Death, he got injured.
0: Yeah, he got injured during
2: this uh, brawl for all that was at the, the brawl, brawl for all. all yeah, and it and it ruined, ruined his career.
0: career. It ruined his, it career. Ruined it really his career.
2: Yeah, and yeah, he blamed Jim Ross for that too. After it was all over with, uh-huh. him. and I, wasn't that in the, in his book?
0: Yeah, it, it was in both of the books uh, that he's talked about. You know, that was one of the real tragedies that it kind of pulled a uh, uh you know real uh, cloud over their relationship. But they were really good friends, and
2: and even Jim. Even Jim Ross didn't even want this to happen because he knew it was going to be an an accident waiting to happen.
0: Yeah. It was it uh, was it was bad. I mean it was it was bad. There's not ever gonna be, you know, every idea is not gonna be be great. No. no, But let's just say, you know, let's let's go back to the storyline. Not not a legitimate tournament, okay? Storyline tournaments storyline tournaments where everyone, you know, they say, Okay, I'm gonna put in ten thousand dollars, ten thousand of my own money, blah, 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 Uh blah, blah. And it's a winner take all tournament. I think you could build some heat. You could have some fun with it or, you know, we could say uh, a tournament, uh, a challenge tournament. So you're going to be having this tournament going on. The winner gets to challenge anybody either on that particular show, not necessarily for a title, but anybody Mm -hmm. they have a feud with, you know, we haven't, you know, let's just say like Randy Orton and, uh, and edge that they're getting ready for their big pay-per-view moment with the world's greatest wrestling match, which I think uh, that's, oh, I'm, yeah. I'm worried that's, about that that's one. A, I really am. That's
2: another am. subject to, dis- <laughs> yeah. to, to break down real okay. quick. Let,
0: let's say that somebody like that, that hasn't wrestled each other in a couple of years. Uh, and one of the wrestlers lost the feud and he's fuming about it for the last couple of years. They could build that up yeah, and, yeah. you know. The uh, Rusev, let's say, if he came back, he could say, you know, I don't like the way things ended with Bobby Lashley. So if I win this tournament, I'm going after Bobby Lashley, whether he's the champion or not. You know, there's just different things you could do and say with that type of uh, of of booking that I think yes. they haven't even thought about. I think there there could be massive creative behind that. Uh, I, I just love, I've loved the tournament for the cruiserweight title on NXT. Congratulations. Getting the, uh, the contract back, Drake Maverick,
2: you know, so. Oh, that was a swerve right there. But oh yeah. Every minute of it. It's he great. Deserved, deserved it. Yeah. yeah. But wasn't it a good tournament to watch It was you? a great tournament, And that, that I don't care if it's storyline or not. Uh-huh. That right there was the, let's build this man up. To where the fans are begging the wwe or nxt to sign this man back and when i saw the results and triple h comes out there and and hands him that contract i was as happy as i could be for that man. oh yeah yeah because and he deserve he deserves it. He now it.
0: now originally drake you know our Rockstar star spud or all you want to call him Mm-hmm. From what I understand, originally he was going to lose his job, and they had already filmed part of this, this tournament, and then they decided to say, "Okay, we'll give you this amount of money." And you know who's going to turn, them out, turn down money? And then yeah. the writers and creatives saw that the people were getting behind him because of that hard-wrenching YouTube video that he put out. Now, whether that, that was storyline,
2: yeah, I think it. I that that really saved his career right there. I love it. Even Braun Strowman was. I, I, from what I understand, I'm sorry to interrupt you. Oh no problem. From what I from what I understand, I mean Braun went to Triple H and went to Vince and basically begged. And they're like, you can't do this to this man. He he's come up from the ranks, from from the indies to to TNA to here, and you're just going to turn him away now. I mean Braun and Drake are so good friends. I yeah. mean Braun Braun put out a message that would bring any evil heart to a tear uh-huh. because he didn't want to lose his, his good friend, but right. man, Drake, I give you credit, man. You gave your heart and soul into that match.
0: Yeah. And, and, the, and, whole, I, and I, I, mm-hmm. the whole tournament was so good. I just, yes, it was. And once again, I'm going to say pat myself on the back cause I am good baby. All right. Tournaments, tournaments mm. work.
2: Yeah. So, okay. it, they, they always work.
0: Yeah. They always work.
2: They always work. Loser leaves town or or a hair versus hair or like Jerry Lawler and Bill Dundee. I'm going to put up my Cadillac. You'll put up uh-huh. your money. You're going to put up your wife's hair. I mean, come on. It, but it always it, works. Old storylines always work.
0: But wouldn't it also be a thing to say, okay, we're going to give this guy rest by saying you can't come back for 30 days after you lose this match and things like Which that? He deserves. Yeah. You could he deserves you know, it. Yeah, you could give somebody – a rest that they deserve to heal up from an injury or, you know, be able to take care of some family matters. I I just think the creative is just, they're just saying, okay, let's do this match, let's do this match, let's do this match. Uh, So, anyway, go ahead.
2: Yeah, I mean, we both both said it during the, you know, the last podcast with with WrestleMania when Drew finally won the world title. To me, it really didn't mean anything because there was no fans, there was no celebration except for him. And even he said it. he did it for his mother. He did it for his father. And he wanted to show that even though I left the company and came back, I still had gas in the tank to win this and, and to show you that I was good enough. Uh-huh. And you gave me time. Old, old storylines will never be ended no matter what they do. I don't care who you are. The tournament, I wish they had more tournaments in the WWE. It seems like Ring of Honor, uh, TNA, well, not TNA, but uh, NWA and uh, AEW is taking the old storylines from other organizations and bringing it to them, and they're saying, "This works." Yeah, the fans like it; it works.
0: Now, you had you had actually had sent me a a little message uh, a couple of weeks ago when this Mike Tyson thing came in with uh, with Chris Jericho. And yes. I, I kind of got the idea that you didn't like the Mike Tyson, Chris Jericho thing, and I said, everything old is new again.
2: Yes, you did, and you are right. It, it, it works. I mean, mm-hmm. the honky-tonk man said it best. Oh, like I, I said it uh, three or four times already, old storylines never die away. You can always bring it back, but you've got to give it time to get it out of people's heads Yeah, and before you, gotta- you bring it back.
0: Now, for a while, everyone was doing their own version of the Tupelo uh, concession stand uh, 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 situation when the big brawl took place there, and that got old really quick. But that doesn't mean you couldn't get away with that today, and they do that on occasion, but not quite to the level well, of, of well, Lawler the, and Dundee against Latham well, and the Latham guys.
2: The Tupelo, the tu- you know it as well as I do. The Tupelo stand, the concession stand, was. They didn't even know this was going to happen. But now they've got the lighting in there and they got everything set up and we know it's fixing to happen. Oh, yeah. But back but back in the day when they did the Tupelo incident, no fans had no idea what's, oh. what's fixing to happen. Yeah. Nobody did.
0: Yeah, and Lance Russell, one of the great announcers of all time. Yes. Uh, you know, on, on announcers, I'd put him on my Mount Rushmore. Uh, He did such a good job knowing what they were doing. They were signing off from the broadcast and Mm -hmm. then he he just ad-libbed, you know, saying, okay, you know, follow me. I think we have enough cord, you know, talking to the cameraman. And then he gave the commentary. It was, it was absolute brilliant. Mustard
2: everywhere. Mustard everywhere. Um, So it's just, it's just
0: fun, you know, and you can always tweak things. You don't have to do the exact same storyline. You could say, hmm, well, let's kind of go with this storyline and see how we can change it up a little bit to make it more modern. I, I, that's, I, but, I love that idea. But,
2: but what is the WWE storyline all the time? Pregnancy? Or uh, what else? It's either pregnancy or, I mean, that's basically all I can think of. The WWE right now is, well, this lady's pregnant or this lady's pregnant. Really? Well, you know, Come that's on, that's guys. true
0: life. I mean, that wasn't something yeah, it's true that was life, uh, but, but I mean, I think I know. think what you're trying to say is they just build up to a match. There's nothing yeah. Yeah. uh to say let's do this uh this particular match. Let's say they have a one-on-one match let's say Seth Rollins. Uh right now they're building up to a match with with Rey Mysterio Jr. with this eye injury. Well, they're building up okay to it. But you know what's going to happen? Probably next week or the week after, uh, Seth is going to be in the ring, and then Ray's going to run in. You know, whenever he's quote cleared or when he comes back, it's mm-hmm. just going to be a run in that'll lead to a match at pay per view.
2: I really, I really think it's going to be Ray's son that done. Yeah. Okay, Seth has one of Ray's match. Correct. All right. Let me throw this by you. Let's say that. Ray goes in, he attacks Seth, the mask is on the side of the ring, here comes Dominic. Dominic comes out and tries to help his father, and then he dons Ray's mask. He puts the mask on, and then he shows what he can do in the ring just like his dad does.
0: Oh, it could happen. It could happen. Yes. You know, I'm hoping that as many times as they've mentioned Dominic, you know they're building something for him to do in the ring. I mean, I, I really think no Dominic
2: is going to and and I hope I'm right. I really think Dominic is going to you know go into his father's footsteps and you know continue him but I really don't see I mean, Dominic the He's, He's a, a big, big guy, boy. big guy. And yeah. I mean, I think he can do really, really well. And I hope he does. So, yeah,
0: but let's, let's, let's take the scenario of a Bobby Lashley against uh, okay. Drew McIntyre. Uh-huh. They, they have the interview with MVP and that's when Bobby comes in, he puts him into the headlock. Well, not, yeah. why not just let them go at it in a match. And then, you know, whether Drew would win or do a Claymore, both of them fall over the top rope and are injured and then the challenge is made. That to me would make more sense than doing the old interview in the ring and have the bad guy come in and attack to get the match.
2: That just—that's true. You know, I'll agree with that. I yeah. just think
0: there's different ways that they—they've forgotten about because they have too much uh, programming to have to program. I, Way too just, much. Yeah.
2: Way too much. Okay. Way too much. Okay. What, what
0: would you be your third thing? Ah. <sighs>
2: Get rid of Vince McMahon.
0: <laughs> Tank <laughs> gonna happen, Bubba. Tank yeah. gonna get happen. Rid,
2: get get rid of Vince. Tell Vince to retire and let Triple H have the whole thing. Uh-huh. But uh, I know that's not going to happen. But, I mean, to me, that's the only thing that I see that re- is really going to save the WWE is, I mean, Vince, you've had some great ideas through the years. I give you credit. I've been a, a, a WWF to WWE fan. But as of now... I'm just – I just shake my head every time I see the pre uh, the, the stuff on YouTube, and I'm thinking, why why are you still doing this? I mean, you, you've let great talent go that has done better in other companies. You've let uh, great legends just become nothing anymore. So I, I really don't know what else to say. I, I, I would get rid of Vince McMahon as fast as I could. Let Triple H have it. He's he's not as young but i mean he has the eye for the business he knows what he's doing and vince just retired it's not like you're hurting for money
0: i just don't think i don't think that's ever going to happen because vince is a work of hall i mean you read some you read some of these books and vince you know maybe he'll he'll sleep three or four hours a night at the most he's getting up early to work out and exercise take care of his body. And all he does is live uh, for work and he's a workaholic. So I don't think that's ever going to happen. When
2: when Vince passes away, whenever that's going to be, I mean, they're going to probably use a a Ouija board to find out the next storyline that they want to use. And he's going to have to, uh, you know, put the check mark beside it. Come on. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Come on.
0: Well, I, I I think we all agree that Vince needs to just kind of um, take more of a back seat. And and concentrate maybe more on the business end of it, and whatever is going to happen with this XFL thing,
2: I I really do. So, Uh, that that just that, I think that hurt Vince more than anything in the world was the XFL. Yeah. Now, once he did that, it was just it it was over right there. Yeah. Okay,
0: I'm going to tell you what happened with Zane and I a few minutes ago on the podcast. You might not have heard this yet, (laughs) but we're going to be sending you a list of wrestlers that at one time were in the NXT. And they got buried when they got called up to the the big show, and we're going to talk mm. about some of the mistakes that uh, that that happened. And we're we're going to try to get all three of us to do that. So be expecting okay. that in the mail okay. soon, okay? And we're also that asking, me. yeah, we're also asking people on Facebook to talk about some of their favorites that got called up to the big show, uh,
2: Raw or SmackDown, so and just got. Oh, so there's many. so many. So yeah, I mean, it's going to take. Good Lord, if you have a list of everybody from NXT that came in that that got buried in in Raw or SmackDown, I mean, they'll take two hours.
0: Yeah. Good Lord. Okay, so you've had your three, right? Yes. Okay, my third one. My third Mm -hmm. one is to lessen the amount of pay-per-views to one about every six weeks to two months. But uh, And I don't think it's ever going to happen because of the network because – we just had this past uh, Sunday evening, we just had NXT in your house, which was pretty dang good, by the way. And then this Sunday, we're going to have Backlash, which is the more mm-hmm. of the main roster, which you don't call it the main roster anymore. So two Sundays in a row, you've got to go back to the, uh, the network to watch something that you're excited about watching. And yeah. I am excited about Backlash. I love the pay-per-views, but. I think they just need to lessen them up, and then maybe getting rid of this stuff in Saudi Arabia, making it another pay-per-view. The Saudi Arabia stuff just pathetic.
2: Well, they do. I mean, we always said the Crown Jewel is the the worst thing that the 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 WWE has ever done. It's not a good pay-per-view, and we all scratch our heads and going, "This is what you want to do with the company." Uh, I still don't understand why. Yeah, but uh, it's money. It's money. Yeah, we always said it's money. Yeah,
0: money, money. You know, money is always the best gift because it's always the right size, and money is always the right color. So, of course. if you're gonna send me a of gift, course. send me cash, baby.
2: I like oh, the of cash. of course. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> but uh, I mean that's everything that I can think of. And uh, have you been watching? I haven't really kept up with AEW or and NWA right now. It's it's just. It's hard to watch for me. Um I mean is doing pretty good with you know the the limits of the crowd. They're I think I well. think what
0: AEW think? has set the bar for okay. this uh not having audience there because they've had a minor audience with some of their performance talent, lesser known talents, and then office personnel adding some crowd noise. And when Chris Jericho was doing uh the color and helping out with play by play, when Jim Ross couldn't get there and uh, uh, what's the Excalibur couldn't get there yeah. because of travel restrictions. Yeah. It was awesome. They need to get well, Chris doing more more well, and me, more let, stuff like that. It's awesome. Well,
2: let me, let me ask you this. Uh, did you like the way that they did the revival coming into AEW? Don't
0: have a problem with it.
2: No. Okay. Don't That's have good. a problem with it. You know, I mean, I, 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 I like the way that they brought the uh, the revival in and I mean, I, I like them pulling up in that old truck and getting out, and they're going through the what semi crowd. Yeah. Then they look at the young bucks and they turn to to a Blade and whatever his name is. B- B- bunny butcher and the blade, yeah. Butcher and the blade, uh-huh. yeah. I liked it. It was good. Yeah. But uh, there's another one more thing I'm going to bring up. Uh, okay. Do you like the way that uh, Cody Rhodes has issued a challenge to? He doesn't want to defend the TN the TNT title just in AEW, he wants to break it off into other organizations. What do you think? Love it.
0: Okay, love, it love it. Love it. Love it. Love, 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 love. Yeah, but do you like love the title? It. Well, we know that the, the belt <laughs> itself, the belt itself isn't the final belt because no, they couldn't get the it made right, but I, I don't mind. I don't mind it at all. I mean, it's all, you know, publicity trying to get yeah, better wrestling, trying to yes, get it you know, if Cody goes Let's say Cody goes to Championship Wrestling from Hollywood, and he's Mm -hmm. defending that belt on Championship Wrestling from Hollywood. You know their ratings are going to go up, and their attendance is going to go up, and their merchandise. So it's good for the business. Good for the business. I love it.
2: I mean, the title looked like... Uh, oh, it was bad. You know, the, <laughs> no, yeah. it was. Even Mike Tyson started yawning yeah. at that pay-per-view. But yeah, he did. <laughs> yeah, well, it is what it is. I mean, yeah. without the crowd reaction and you don't have you know anybody there, it's going to be hard for anybody to really enjoy the wrestling. But as fans as we are and, and, and folks that listen to Turnbuckle Trash, I mean, it's going to get better as soon as all this chaos ends, and then we can have professional wrestling like we like it. Yes. So... It is what it is, and we can't say anything different, but it's been a lot of fun today on the podcast. Zane, we hope that you're feeling a lot better from your little incident. Glad that nothing else happened to you.
0: Don't mention my surgery. Don't mention that's the, my third surgery well, I mean, on my wrist. We, Don't we even all, do that. We
2: always pray. We always <laughs> prayed for you because we know that right there was a major surgery, and I hope that everybody that saw my uh, post on your birthday got in contact with you and uh Tombstone Jesus, I'm still going to get a shirt from you if you're listening to the podca- uh, podcast. I contacted you, and I will get a T-shirt from uh, Tombstone Jesus.
0: And by the way, want to thank uh, uh-huh. Tombstone once again for providing the music to our brand new intro on Turnbuckle Trash. So,
2: Oh, that's perfect. I yeah. love it. Absolutely okay. love it. Well, so.
0: Chris, it's been a pleasure talking to you again, and good all luck. Right. I know you've got some big things in your personal life coming up, hopefully in July. Keep our fingers crossed for you there, okay?
2: Yes, we will. We're going to just keep on trucking and survive all we can. Uh, folks, like I said, wrestling coming back, and uh, we can all be fans. We're still fans no matter what. And it's been a blast being on the, on the podcast, and we'll see you next down the road. Ladies and gentlemen, may I have your attention, please? Wait for the signal. Wait for it. Let's
0: go. This is Turn Buckle Trash. Appreciate that. I wanted to ask you a question about something that came out, I think, about two weeks ago. And I had sent you a link available to it from Vince McMahon and Titan Sports now banning a certain move called the Not buckle yet.
1: bomb. You mean the, the 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 career killer?
0: The career killer, as you like to call it, yeah. I'm glad.
1: I am, too. Dude. It's a long time. That should have, I don't know. You know my thoughts on that with Sting, man. That was yeah. a shame. But and then uh, Nia there...
0: did that earlier uh, uh, a couple months ago. Heard somebody again, not as bad. But, yeah, that buckle bomb is a dangerous, dangerous move.
1: Well, I think it's the whiplash that gets them. If they don't, if they're, you know, when they hit that, that there's, you know, if you, if you do a uh, a power bomb on the mat, you don't, you know, the mat stops you. Mm -hmm. But when you're being thrown into that side of that ring, you don't have anything to stop your head and your body stops and your head goes flying back. And and that's what, what happened to Sting, you know? And he Mm -hmm. said that, that whatever happened, it was like whiplash and he, You know, he said he couldn't feel his hands, and his—he said he lost feeling in his legs, and he dropped down to his knees. And he, you know, you could see him, um, you know, moving his fingers, and the ref talking to him, and and uh, you know, they had to call, and so they had to hurry and stop. They didn't stop the match, but they had to do the finish—a finish that wasn't planned to be finished. And and I can't imagine being in that situation of. Going, oh my gosh! I, I just, I'm done. I'm paralyzed. You know, like Stone Cold talks about that when he says Owen oh, Hart, you know, tombstone drive him, and he felt his neck. He said he felt that twinge in his neck, and he says, I, "I'm done. I'm paralyzed." Uh-huh. He says, "I'm, I can't believe this has happened to me." And you know, these guys are absolutely tough as nails, and to see the beating that they take and keep going, and are able to finish the match. Boy, that's amazing.
0: It really is. And if you want to get how tough some of these guys are, watch Dark Side of the Ring on Vice, which will absolutely floor you sometimes at some of the things that have gone on. Then watch this Undertaker, the last ride that's on the WWE, and realize that Taker is basically performing on two artificial hips now. And he, uh, wow. I—they haven't shown this particular episode yet. I think it's going to be on Father's Day night. The next one, they're going to talk about the Goldberg Undertaker match, which was full of botches. And I, and just from the highlights of the previews, uh, Taker talks about one tenth of an inch, and he had been paralyzed because of one of those botched moves in the ring. They, they, they're taking a risk, be it a calculated risk. But every time they're in the ring, they're taking a risk. And uh, what they're trying to do is to put on a good show and hopefully things don't go wrong.
1: Um, well, did you see that? It's probably been about two months ago that there was, I don't remember, I wish I could remember where I saw it. But there was talk, somebody was talking about, they had written an article about if, because uh, Fing I guess, is feeling quite a bit better. He's been able to rehab and. And he's doing really well, and there was talks of him possibly getting back in the ring again. And if he does, you know, will it be Taker? And he said, he says that he thinks that ship has sailed. Uh huh. I think but, so too. You no. Know, do you think the fans would still get behind it if it ever did happen? Oh or heck it too yeah! Late? Oh, they
0: would. There, there are people out there that would absolutely love to see it. Uh, And I still think they're both professional enough that if they worked out the program well enough, they could have a decent to a good quality match and be entertaining. But when you watch Mm -hmm. this last ride with uh, Mark Calloway talking about his life in wrestling, would he be pleased with it? Would uh, Steve, Steve Borden be pleased with it? Now, the other thing that's been talked about with Sting is the possibility of him signing on as a, quote, manager coach in AEW and to help guide the career oh. of Darby Allen. Hmm. That's the big rumor right now on the uh, on the all-elite side.
1: Hmm. So does Sting still have a contract with the WWE? Uh,
0: I don't know. I know that Vicky Guerrero has been told that she won't be back on WWE and they're not to mention her anymore and – things like that, because she's been helping out and they even expressed interest to help out the women's division of all elite wrestling, which is, is improving. Don't get me wrong. It's improving, but it's still pretty weak. Uh, but yeah. she's talking about taking on a managerial role and a coaching role for how to cut promos and things like that. That was uh, something I, do, I just read today about Vicky Guerrero. So don't be surprised if that doesn't happen. She's already appeared on Dynamite as a commentator and even introduced the inner circle at their pay per view, which I loved. I thought it was fantastic.
1: Well, she's so awesome, dude. Yeah, she is. She's so you know, and I think that it's cool that um somebody like her can find her place outside of the WWE. You know, she built up a name for her and and she you know, they always talk about the brand. You know, getting that brand. You know, marketing that brand. You know, you got to. And and Manny talked about that. You know, Manny is really going after the 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 lemons. Uh-huh. And you know, you got to find something that that works for you and that you can market that brand. And she has really come up with her own way of doing things that she can be very marketable outside of the WWE.
0: And It's not that she uh, says that she has to be in wrestling. I mean, when we talked about her, uh, talked to her, she uh had uh, just got through with uh having her um uh degree in nursing, she's got that backing up, and she you know, she's a big enough name that she can make appearances, she can uh, do smaller shows, she loves helping out independents, and um, I think she's doing just fine. And her daughter. Is married to Aiden English. Remember Aiden English? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that so Aiden English is part of the Guerrero. Know. I didn't know that till about three weeks ago when he was quoted as wow, being so amazing. proud to be part of the Guerrero family. So
1: unreal. Oh. Yeah. Um, so um what are your thoughts on some of these some of the promotions right now that are doing the best? Um I don't know if you've been able to watch anything else um but WWE and AEW um what are your thoughts on who's who do you think as the as the year goes on and as things start to get back to normal who is going to be the one to watch out for and some of the talent too
0: well i i think uh, as far as promotions go uh i think i even texted you the other day i started to i've got a backlog on my DVR of wrestling shows to watch, <laughs> including uh, ROH and Championship Wrestling from Hollywood and and the darker side, the dark side of the ring. I want to watch some more of that. I got a backlog, but I started watching more of Championship Wrestling from Hollywood, and I was watching and I was enjoying the heck out of it. Now this was stuff they had they had uh, produced before the the pandemic, and I was just enjoying it. It was fun, fun, fun. So I think they're in good shape. Championship Wrestling from uh, Arizona, the United Wrestling Network, because they're small enough and they're probably smart enough to uh, get things going. However, I was watching uh, an older episode right at the beginning of the pandemic from ROH. And it was Matt Hardy bad. And I say that because not just because I dislike Matt Hardy. I dislike the broken Matt Hardy stuff. It had PCO, who is a fine competitor, but they've decided to put him in shoulder pads in a black coat and calling him uh, basically a Frankenstein monster. And they had this... Um, listen to this. This is how... Excuse me if you're an ROH fan. You can have your opinion, but this is just my opinion. PCO was wrestling against Marty Skrull, a villain enterprise's teammates. Marty was doing the villain thing. And he was cheating and everything. But PCO would come back from everything that Marty Squirrel tried to put him in. All of a sudden, here comes this bozo from the back. He's dressed in all in black, kind of like the old Undertaker with the top hat and all that, but not near as imposing as the Undertaker. He was Destro or something like that. And they had a a hearse, a very poor-looking hearse, that was to the side of the ring. And this Destero w- walked up to the hearse, opened up the door, supposedly popped the hood trying to get underneath to get to the car battery. But he couldn't get the hood to pop. So he tears off the grill, gets to the car battery, which they had already set up with jumper cables, and supposedly jump starts PCO with the car battery because he's not human huh i hear the crickets going right now and and it was so slow i mean i i we keep on talking about dcw we love our guys from tc dcw and one time sometimes when you watch a smaller promotion as opposed to the big guys You see a difference in speed. You see that in every sport out there. Speed, speed, speed. This was so slow, I was bored. It was
1: pathetic. So ROH is in trouble. Um, You know, I just read an article uh, on one of the wrestling news sites. Uh, Booker T was interviewed by some podcast or something somewhere, and he said that Impact Wrestling is, Um, making a huge splash right now in the industry, and they had to watch out for them.
0: Well, I hope so. So. You know, they're up in Canada. That's where they're doing everything now, and more power to them. Tessa Blanchard is still up there, and I think she might be their champion still, which I'm not quite sure what I feel about that, but still, uh, the more people that are strong in the business, the better we all are. You know, honestly, as fans, hmm. I just wish they'd get a better TV contract in the states so I could actually watch it.
1: Yeah, I I wish so too. You know, and um, I know that they're trying to mark the the more hardcore and the more edgy edgy product, and uh, maybe that's something that would be good right now. You know, maybe that's something that that people would like. I mean they got a heck of a roster. I mean, you talk about you know, guys like Willie Mack and you know uh I mean lover, hater, Tessa Blanchard's still a heck of a competitor. Oh she is, she's good. Um, you know, they've got a lot of good good guys, you know, Ken Shamrock. I mean that guy you know, he's probably was he in his sixties? I think he he's in his walk? in his
0: fifties. He's still I mean he 50? he still looks good and he can go. He can go.
1: You know, they've got the tag team that you uh, have always liked Reno Scum. Uh huh. Um, Love those guys. You no know, impacts and um, RVDs there. Uh, but they did you know, just so- lose
0: two big big names. They just lost those recently. Remember Killer Cross. Yeah. He's now in NXT as Killian Cross and doing a program tonight. Well, I'll, because we're recording this right before the NXT uh, takeover in your house uh, against Demonsa Champa. He looks good in the ring. He's got a presence. He's he's good. And then Brian Cage, the former impact champion, is now part of all elite wrestling.
1: Yeah, yeah, he's good too. Um but I don't know, man, you know, they've got some good they've got some good talent, man. Yeah. They've got some good talent, you know. The guy like guys like Joey Ryan and you know, I mean maybe watch out for them maybe we'll have to start talking about them some more and give them some more uh shout outs right
0: i hope so i honestly 100% hope so but the wwe that's is always co- going to be wwe
1: yeah yeah you're right you know it's and it's that's why i mean if i don't i mean i know i'm repeating myself but i just want to make the point of they have an opportunity right now to regroup to come up with some some seriously good storylines, and they could take this by storm. I mean, when when the, everything starts to get back to normal and opens back up, and, and and crowds and stories and I mean, the WWE could literally be unstoppable. The talent's going to be you know fresh, um, ready to hit the road, and. I hope they don't screw it up. I I got a feeling they will just because it's the WWE. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know,
0: one of the things I've been really shocked about is reading these Jim Ross books Um, is we've talked to MK bandit a couple of times about how they build storylines throughout the year. You know, they start with their big event and then Mm -hmm. go backwards. I don't think the WWE does that. I don't even think they have an outline out because they're talking about Vince Russo talks about in his book how he's writing TV for the coming Monday night and how he's writing TV uh all week long for the coming Monday night. I I was under the impression they had a basic outline about what they wanted to do and then they would go from there and it and maybe I'm wrong, I just don't think that they're even doing the outline there cause once again I think they have too many pay-per-views and they're not thinking about how this pay-per-view can build to the next pay-per-view. They're thinking a pay-per-view should be there to end a feud, you know, and that's that's old school thinking to me.
1: I agree. Mm-hmm. I agree. You know, that's that's an interesting way of thinking about it. I, I had never given it that much thought of, mm-hmm. of that, but you're 100% spot on on that. I always um, am, aren't I? But <laughs> Yeah, I, that's why you're the best. Dude. <laughs> you're right. You're the best at everything that you do. Let's which bring. reminds me, uh-huh. which brings me uh, we'll of we'll years here. Um, non-wrestling topic real quick. So um, if you don't want to hear this, turn your radio down. Somebody texted me from Ash Valley a couple weeks ago, and they said, hey, I heard you on the radio. You <laughs> sounded great. Yes. I was like, what? <laughs> Did you move back? And I was like, <laughs> No. <laughs> You know, I—that's ha- Remember- <laughs> Dr. Dave to his <laughs> his trips again. You know, <laughs>
0: I had you record one time when you were here uh, that you listened to us when you were in the valley. Remember that? They yeah. might have heard that. And then when the pandemic started, and I started broadcasting from home, I kept on talking about broadcasting live from the Denton Stitchin, the studio kitchen. <laughs> so about about once a week for the first, I think, three weeks. I would play that segment where you talk about the Denton Stitchin, broadcasting from the, the Stitchin, and they might have heard that. And I've got a lot of comments about broadcasting from home every morning in the Denton Stitchin. So. That's awesome, dude.
1: That's awesome. Yeah, somebody was like, did you, did you move back? What are you doing on
0: the radio? I was like, Dave. Hey. You're famous now, or is it infamous? I yeah. can
1: <laughs> Almost as famous as Doctor Dave. Oh, awesome. I
0: don't know about that. So, <laughs>
1: well, babe, any more thoughts from the crystal ball, or what? What else is on your mind for you professional wrestling? I as
0: thought technology? we would kind of uh, quickly uh, go over some things I sent you today. Uh, a subject matter that I thought we had talked about doing one time. Oh, and yeah. yeah, let's let's do this real quick. Uh, we're yeah. going to move on <laughs> to NXT and stars that have been wow. called up to the main roster. That we thought were going to be absolutely huge, and they got buried. How about we
1: do that? Yeah, that is a... You know what we should do? What's that? Let's do a preview of this. Okay. Talk about it for a little bit. And then we need to get Chris on and dedicate a large portion of an episode to this. Let's what do, you, do that. Uh, Let's do that. So, so... So if, if anybody's listening, message us on Facebook, comment whatever. I'll, I'll, we'll put this out that, that this is going to be a topic for the next episode and we want to get people's opinion on this. Um, there's been several people we'll just name uh, do you mind naming off a few? Who okay
0: I'll I'll just do a, just that, do a that, few that could have been big stars if they gotten the correct push, right? Yeah, okay. Let's just go over a couple of them. And some of them, you know, might have had some other issues. But uh, people like Austin Aries. He got a push for a while, then got buried. Wade Barrett. Oh, man. You know, I love Wade Barrett. Eli so Drake. Did you know Eli Drake yeah. was in NXT?
1: Um, yeah, but he was, wasn't was in a different name. Yep, more than likely. Or, or was it? Yeah, I remember. I, I I think you've told me that before. Yeah,
0: and then Ember Moon, a female competitor competitor, she got a big push on Monday Night Raw, and then we haven't seen her probably in a year, and I don't know why. She was doing great in Raw. Eric Young, remember his tag team group faction in called life. Sanity? Yep. 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 Uh, another one, Sarah Logan, uh, Ruby Riot. Sarah Logan was just to let go. Ruby Riot just came back from injury. Uh let's see another one. Uh how about Alex Riley? I thought he was going to oh, be a A-Ride. big star. Yeah. Those yeah, are
1: just that was some a of weird them. Yeah. Deal. Him, and, him and Miz and and you know stuff like that. That was that was that could have been a good
0: deal. And and here's one that I think is near and dear to your heart. Elias. Oh yes. He gets pushed, and that's kind of, then he gets buried. Then he gets pushed, and then he gets buried.
1: Then they're like, oh, let's make him into a kind of a baby face, but not really. Exactly. Yeah.
0: So why don't we do this, and I'll send I'll send Chris the list, and then we'll have people on our Facebook and social media. You send us some of the people that you think have been misused by called up to the the, the main roster. I mean... Now you could ask the guy. You could add the guys uh, from uh, the revival. You could add the the good the good fellows, the good brothers. They were one of those let go, and they were never used properly. So we'll get your opinion on Facebook, and then we'll post it again on Facebook about a week before we record the next time. Okay?
1: Yeah, yeah. And I and I know there's there's several um, communities out there that do that. Which kudos to whoever started those Utah pro wrestling groups uh-huh those have been phenomenal to to keep up on what's going on and and to reach people right in in uh in utah who are interested in you know our podcast other people's podcast events uh-huh. so whoever started that is awesome
0: yeah and hey you know and we we want you to listen to the other guys but listen to us first but i mean dcw now has a podcast uh the unprofessional, uh, wrestling podcast. Um, there's a couple others out there. I'm just trying to remember right off the top of my head, but they're all great. They all have their own uh, way of looking at things and Hey, we wish them the best.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. You know, I just, I, I you know, cause it's, it's great to see other fans who are interested in this, this stuff and, and be able to have some common ground to talk about this with people and realize that you and I, you know, we're not we're weird but there are other people who are weird too (laughs) right
0: and i am i am working on right now having porter blake from uh from saint george join us on the podcast porter is also in uh, dcw and also in rocky mountain pro got a great look he can really go in the ring and i think he lives in saint george now and we'll try to talk to him with uh not this podcast probably the next one too
1: well, you know, Dave, it's been great catching up with you, and, yep. and great catching up with uh, some of the stuff that's going going on with everything. Um, you know, well, I think that I think the future is gonna be okay. Yeah, you know, we be. we gotta think positive. We gotta try to be positive about you know what's going on with all this stuff going on in the world, and and just find some common ground on professional wrestling, and everything will be okay. That's right.
0: Thank you very much, Zane, and you take care of yourself, and we'll be back in about two weeks. This is TurnbuckleTrash.net.
2: Those guys look big and mean. I think they want to hurt us.
0: What do you call that, a flying springboard knee to the face?
1: Oh, that works. I like to hurt people. Pretending to wrestle is the most fun in the whole world. The thoughts and opinions heard on the preceding program are not necessarily those of an intelligent
0: human being. If you don't agree with them, get your own dang pie. Dummy. Yeah. yeah. Thanks for listening. And in the immortal words of Ric Flair, Woo! And then give him the one fingered salute as I was walking out the door, you know?
1: Yeah, I have, I'll find mine and you okay, can look yeah, into Okay, I'll, I'll go no, look for
0: mine. Huh? I hear the crickets going right now.
2: The first one to bleed into a bucket, the whole bucket wins. I mean, I'm just saying, <laughs> let, let's
1: viruses are killing people left and right, and everybody's dying, and nobody can watch that. Ah, the
2: oh, world's going to end. Or like Dusty like Rose. I said a little bit of blue. Mustard everywhere. Ooh, yeah
1: you got to make that money, man. you got to make that money.
2: So
0: we can just fast-forward through the rest of this, right? Let's fast-forward fast the tape real quick. We've already been through this. I'm going to say pat myself on the back because I am good, baby. Has to dress up like a bunny rabbit. Who cares? Do something that makes fun.
2: Uh, get rid of it.
1: I hope they don't screw it up. I, I got a feeling they don't just because it's the WWE. <laughs> so would you say that I'm the assistant to the host of the podcast or the assistant podcast host. Well,
0: you're just an ass. No, you're just...